Good morning and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today I am so, so excited to have somebody who's near and dear to my heart. And this is my friend, Linda Gabriel. And Linda and I met about, I think we, we just chatted about that around 2006. And we were both in a boot camp by a woman. Her name is Mary Allen. And Mary had written a book about inner peace. And she offered a one-year boot camp um, to practice the teachings that she was offering. And Linda and I were partnered up as accountability buddies. And till this day, we have remained connected. So that's what, 13 years. Um, so it is with great excitement that I welcome my friend Linda, because not only is she a wonderful being, but she is also a hypnotherapist. She is a, a coach. She is let me a holistic coach. Um, had to look at my notes there. She works with people doing past life regressions between life experiences. In, and there is so much wisdom in Linda that I know we're not going to have enough time to do uh, just a one hour Align with Lina episode. So she's going to come back July 15th. So you're just going to get the first part of the amazingness of my friend, Linda. So Linda, thank you Hi, so Lina. much. Thank you so much for being here. And it's um, my pleasure. And we, we always call each other buddy because we buddy. Were study, study buddies. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we've got a couple people on. Thank you, Olga, for joining us. And um, anyhow, let, let's go ahead and get into the conversation the way that I started with every guest, which is, when did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you have been taught about being just a human? When mm -hmm. did that happen for you, that shift? You know, when I reflect back just on my whole life, I've always had this feeling there was something more, but I wasn't living from that place. But I always liked it. You know, I was married to a very left-brained scientific doctor and you know we'd have these abstract conversations about is there something more or not but it was more of an intellectual exercise or and I and he would say well that's just wish fulfillment you know and I just felt there was something magic in the world you know but um, around the early 90s I started getting uh, well I, start, I started practicing yoga a lot and I started getting body work for the first time in my life and there I was living in Hawaii there were and really talented body workers there, not just massage therapists, but doing a lot of transformational body work. And I had a series of uh, body work sessions. And one of those sessions triggered a, a smallish Kundalini experience. And I don't know if the people who are watching this understand what that is, but it's a, it's from the Hindu tradition. They believe that there's a, a kind of consciousness that's laying dormant in people and on a physical level it's located at the tailbone or the sacrum and when when if the, if the stars align <laughs> or uh, then some kind of energy uh, comes up the spinal column and it kind of opens your consciousness your awareness and line and I were talking about this because she had a near life experience and other, I've, I was saying that the people I've met who have some degree of expanded awareness, they've often had either a near death or a near life experience or um, or a kundalini awakening, which yeah. can be quite disorienting. It was kind of wonderful at first because there's this energy moving through your body and it, it, and you don't have to question it like it's so tangible and real that you know something's going on. And I over. could feel it. Yeah, I could feel it moving like it would come up my spine and then part and go around and then move and 
you know, and it was just like I was in this rush of energy that was great. And after about three days, I'm, I'm a mother taking kids to school and I started getting kind of exhausted. And I remember I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it would be, the rush would be gone. I think, oh, it's gone. And then it would come back in like an ocean wave. <laughs> So, so during that time, I didn't feel very expanded. I just felt like, what is happening? But then after that, just slowly uh, unfolding, it's almost like you get reprogrammed or something. Yeah. I started having a very different kind of outlook on life and understanding living much more from the place that we are souls that have bodies rather than bodies who have souls. You know, I really, yeah. and I take a walk and I would just get all this information just coming in that was really interesting and not necessarily my belief. I mean, it's funny, my mother teases me now because I do past life regression and at that before that experience, I didn't even believe in past lives and used to, <laughs> she did past life regression. She's a hypnotherapist as well. And I didn't want her to talk about that around my friends, but after, now here I do it for a living, so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but let's get back to your experience. Yeah. Share a little bit because I'll share a little bit about mine. Okay. Um, because yes, they're all different, but they're basically activating the same thing. Yeah. And you're you're the first person that uh, in these interviews that I've been doing now for about a year to specifically speak of that Kundalini experience. Mm -hmm. So share what did you experience at the moment? Because you talked about it got activated when you were having body work. Mine did too. Yeah. I was, oh, I was did, with yeah. an energy healer. The first time I had energy healing done, that's when mine was activated. But speak to what you were experiencing at the time and then those those you know days or weeks um, that you were still feeling it and talk about like, what were you receiving in knowledge? Let's paint a more accurate okay. picture. Well, just in terms of the physical experience, there's like a warm energy. I know other people, it's like very fiery. I, mine seemed to be rather gentle. And, and I suspect because I'd been doing so much yoga, um, sometimes people have Kundalini emergencies where they actually, you can get mentally ill from so much energy being unleashed so quickly. So people like Mr. Iyengar, who's a, the yoga master, say you've got to prepare the body for this. So I've been doing so much yoga. I think that's part of the reason that it was in a little bit easier time for me. Um, and it it's just a very warm, energetic feeling. Some people feel it as sexual energy. I did not, but I felt this definite energy kind of taking over my body. Um, almost like... Uh, it's almost like I had to kind of refocus through it in some way to take care of my daily tasks because I literally was making lunches, putting the kids in the car, taking them to school, shopping, having to do all those things. But um, this other thing was happening simultaneously. And I, and I almost didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it because it was, I had done just enough reading to, to know uh, what it was to suspect what it was, you know, and so I didn't and I talked to my body worker, you know, and I and, and he was aware of what was happening. And I, I'd say it lasted maybe four or five days and then slowly faded away. And then once it was gone, I missed it. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> and for me, I mean, I, I, so, like I said, I, I would I take walks in the morning, and I after and during and after that experience, I would just get information that seemed to make sense. Like, you know, I remember feel there was a lot of emotional stuff going on at that time because, as I mentioned, I used to have these abstract conversations with my then husband. Now something real was happening. 
Yeah. Oh, and now that I recall now, I, I was also becoming aware of the human energy field, like really not just a theory, but um, when I put my hands on people, things were starting to happen. Yeah. And about that same time, um, a woman came to the island and was teaching. She was just gathering people who did yoga together, and she looked around. Her name was Barbara Mahaffey, and she was a, a she's an energy quite aware woman. And um, she she looked around the room. And she says, "Oh, you're all um, very extraordinary healers. Do you want to play around with energy?" And I had just read Barbara um, Brennan's book, Hands of Light. And I had I had just learned what a chakra was. You know, all of these things were happening like within. I had a crash course. Let's put it that way. And she said, do you want to play with energy? And everyone said, yes. And she's okay, open your crown chakra. And I thought, the crown chakra, okay, that's on the top of my head. How do I open it? And she said, you know, just, I didn't even say that, but she just said, just let it open like a flower, you know. And then I was watching her. She had someone, she said, now put your hand here. And I'm I'm watching and just saying, okay, here and here. And the person I was touching started to get faint. She started to feel weird, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, and I said, Barbara, come over, something's happening. And, and she says, well, you're using too much energy. I said, I'm not doing anything. I just put my hands on her. And she said, and, and the woman said, yes, you are using a lot of energy. And so I had to learn about what was happening through me and also to not put any energy into making something happen. It is the most interesting paradox. And I, I did a lot of body work for a long time with our energy work. I still do uh, with, a, with a few people. Um, that when you put when even if your desire to heal someone can be enough to overload them so and so anyway i started experiencing oh wow work uh, palpating other i don't see auras but if i put my hands in someone's you know close to their body i can feel what's going on and um and that was all kind of overwhelming i had to spend quite a bit of time learning how to not take it all in I couldn't yeah. go to shopping malls and like a rock concert, definitely out of the question. I've learned how to ground myself, how to be able to know which which days I need to stay in and not connect with others. But most of the time now I'm okay, even in a big group. But I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert as well. So it, it's not, you know, that's something that I had anyway. But energetically, I became much more sensitive. Yeah, yeah, it definitely takes that some for you too. Yeah, as I'm listening to you speaking about how you had done that body work beforehand to yes. prepare you, I I hadn't done any body work. Yeah, um, I, I was. By the way, this was I had no, my first massage. I think I was 42 years old. I'd never, I and so this was new to me. That like in the first six months, I'd never had a massage, and then I had this really intense body work that I think. See, I think this is all ordained, Lina. I think you oh, do yeah. too. It's like that. I think of that man was kind of my midwife to help me come out of my cocoon and really yeah. more into the fullness of my being. Yes. Yes. That yeah. Totally. I, I, I have come to trust every single aspect of this journey. Yeah. As uncomfortable as it was. Yes. Yes. But you were talking about learning about the chakra system, the, mm-hmm. the way my, my uh, first Kundalini experience happened in 2007, August 16th. I'll never forget that day. Oh, um, you know what? That's Melanie. That's her birthday. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. You just interviewed her last uh, <laughs> I just interviewed her. Yes, that's yes, so funny. Her birthday, yes. So that was your birthday too. <laughs> How about that? Yes, it was yeah. a, another birthday. Um, my spiritual birthday. I, I guess I can label it that. My awakening to the to truth. Um, but what had happened is I had met a woman who was an energy healer, 
and I began to study about the chakra system. I began to attend a uh, classes that her teacher um, taught here in the Atlanta area, and he's an energy healer. And so I, I just felt one day and like I asked Jan, I said, Jan, I, I would love to have an energy session with you. I haven't done that. Now I had had done I had participated in acupuncture. I had been in sessions with uh, healers, with crystals, but not specifically something that was called energy healing. Right. And so I had, so I had no, no concept, intellectual concept of what that was about. But when I had my experience, it, it was just, you know, you were talking about how it can be pretty fiery or, or uh, subtle. For me, it was. I'm going to say kind of a combination of the two because it was so peaceful, so gentle, so subtle, but it was so intense in terms of I knew something took over. I knew that my body wasn't doing what it was doing. I even felt like I was levitating, which is so incredible. I even asked yeah. you and I said, I feel like I'm off the table. And she said, well, your soul has risen. Um, your body's still laying on the table, but your soul is above your body. And I was like, oh, my goodness, how, how, how? It, I you're reminding me. You're that. reminding me of some of the other things that happened. I'll tell you after. So oh, keep going. Yeah. Okay. So as I as I am feeling this shift, and I did have an encounter uh, with. For me, the face was Jesus, but it was the essence of God, and there was a merging, and and it's almost as if all of the knowledge of the world was given to me in that instant. And my body was just, I felt like the snake-like um, energy moving up in tandem from the bottom, the soles of it, both of my feet. And it they came up, up until where it met around the pubic bone area. And it just began to activate this incredible intensity, very gentle, but very intense. And in that experience, it left me altered for a while. And like you, I still had to come home um, after this incredible energy experience. And I had to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, drive <laughs> carpool, help kids yeah. at home. Right. And it, for me, it lasted a couple of weeks of, of um, I knew something had transformed me, but I still had this ordinary life and I was confused. I was very confused about what am I supposed to do with this? Um, so it was really, really beautiful and amazing, but you can't make that happen. You, it, it yeah. happens. Yeah. It's something spontaneous, but it's happening more and more because I'm talking to more clients who are having those moments and, um, well, you know, you know, if I could comment, I think one of the things, one of the pieces of information that, uh, that I got during that time is that, what, what both of us experienced was we're having a spiritual awakening and we're having our mundane tasks in our household. And like in, in former times, people went off to a cave when this thing, these things happened. Yes. You separated yourself from the group and you, but I was standing in a bookstore looking at all the sacred scriptures of the world. And this voice said, you're not going to find it here. It, because all of those scriptures are about separation, really, when you look at them, like the Buddha, even yeah. Jesus in the desert, you, Muhammad in the cave, like you, you, you go away and you have a private experience and you come back and report. No, 
now we're doing it the sacred and the 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 secular or you know our, our, we have to pay our mortgages we have to have our day jobs we're raising children and we're becoming spiritually awake beings yes. it's not it's not really been done before it's kind of a grand experiment i think so. it is and it's a pretty yeah. grand experiment because if you didn't go to a cave you could go to an ashram a monastery right. so many right. of of our great saints, they had these experiences, you know, St. Teresa of Avila and, and the list could go on, yeah. um, had these experiences in a space where they were somewhat confined and it was safe exactly. to yes. experience what you were experiencing. And they had no responsibilities other than to have that experience. Yes. And others around yeah. them understood. Exactly. Um, so there, there was, you know, I, I was a little bit afraid. I don't know what's happening, but at the same yeah. time, there was a peace that came over me, a trust that what I was experiencing was absolutely benevolent. I yeah. knew God had taken over, source spirit, whatever you want to call it, had taken over um, my life. There was a, in a good way, and there was a an activation of my divine self that I, now I needed to learn how to merge with that. I recently look, wrote a, um, a blog, you know, before enlightenment, because I call that my moment of, of really aligning with my light. Right. Um, and to me, that's all enlightenment is, is, is the, uh, the recognition that what I am is divine and, you know, call it light, call it whatever you want to call it. But I wrote an article about before enlightenment, you know, I, I paid bills and did laundry. And after enlightenment, I still pay bills and do laundry. So yeah. the, the daily world didn't go away, but my, my daily world got infused with a purpose and a kindness and a compassion that I'm still living into, you know, I'm still mm -hmm. doing the work of expanding my ability to be kind and compassionate and gentle and all of those things. But share more after you have this experience, then what got you into the field that you're in? Well, I, I oops, I'm going to turn my phone off. Hold on just no, a second. No worries. <laughs> Okay, I was meant to do that. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Okay. Absolutely perfect. Uh, oh, my cell phone might ring, but that's okay. I don't know where it is. It'll tell me. So. <laughs> okay, so um, remind me of the question about... So you oh, have yes. those experiences. You're integrating it into your day-to-day yeah. -day life, and then you switch careers. You, you yeah. enter into this whole realm of past life regression you know i this this was an inter I, I there were all these things sort of happened all when i look at it now i can see it was all orchestrated but i had i i got a i i was married to a, a, a successful general surgeon we were not wanting for money but i realized i had not come to terms with my own connection with with money so i found a book called creating money <laughs> at the bookstore and brought it home. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's by a woman called Sanea Roman. It's a channeled oh, I book. I know, yes. I've right? read and many I of her other books. And I didn't know when I brought it home that it was channeled. That was like the first thing. I, I, I had some other things happen earlier in my life where the way that some Seth books came to me was very unusual. Huh. So I've had these kind of interesting little miracle moments where you know something's going on here. That yeah. And so... So Sinea Roman was one of these, and I was reading this book kind of like secretly, you know, it, at night, not wanting my husband to see what it was really about, you know, and he's like, why are you looking at creating money? We got plenty of money. I said, no, it's okay. It's just about energy. You know, or something. <laughs> so, 
So um, she has affirmations in that book, and they're beautiful ones that she's channeled. And one of them is, I surrender to my highest path. I am open to receive. So I, I can't remember if it was a before or after that Kundalini awakening, but I remember walking. Uh, we, we had a very big circular driveway, and I would walk in circles <laughs> and just think. And, and I found out later that's actually a tradition in, in especially Tibetan culture to walk in circles as a, as a very, a very uh, profound form of meditation. So I was doing that kind of organically on my own. And I got this vision of, because I was living in this beautiful home on a hill, married with two kids. I was an artist with a beautiful studio and I uh, kind of got this voice in my head again saying, you know, this is all going away. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of panicked me a little bit, you know, because I had what Carolyn Mace would call the tribal success. Uh, I had reached that point. And, you know, there's something as when you there's a a kind of comfort in, in a life where you feel if only I had a happy marriage, if only had kids, if only had a nice house on the hill where you want, you know, if only then and only then I'll be happy. Right. And so I had all of those things. I achieved it. I achieved what the culture says is that I'm married to a doctor. My mother's happy, right? Everything's fine. But there still was this inner restlessness, not for material things. I just, I, I knew there was something more. Yeah. And so when I got that message that came in and saying, you know, are you ready to like, if, I, I was doing that, that affirmation. I'm, op I'm, I, I open to my highest path. I'm ready to, I'm open to receive. I surrender. That was the word. I surrender to my highest path. I am open to receive. And when that thought came in that, you know, no more start, no more husband, all of this is going to change. It kind of terrified me. Yeah. And so I, and I felt I could only experience that as a negative. And so I had to change. I said, I'm, I surrender to my highest path. I'm open to receive only good things. <laughs> you know. So actually, all of that did fall away. Uh, one thing that happened is a woman came to our, uh, I, we had so many incredible teachers that would come to the Big Island. I feel so blessed to have been there. It's sort of a crossroads for all the all the best body workers, spiritual teachers, they all come through there. And so this woman had come through. She was, I can't remember her name, but she came from Shasta and she had, could read auras, you know, and she went around the room and then she saved me for last. And she said, oh, I can't really talk to you. And I said, what's going on? She said, well, because she would see a, a kind of dominant color that was your kind of life path. And she said, you've got the equivalent of two full life paths in your aura. One is blue and one is violet. And the blue is the one that's with your husband and your children and, and you're devoting yourself to that small unit of people. The violet is world service. And you, you're on the border between these two. You've got to make a choice. It's not easy. Most of us only have one path we have to worry about. I have to tell you that was really kind of helpful for me. Yeah. And, um, and I also encountered Carolyn Mace. She came to the Big Island. Oh. And by the time I was, I had, by the time she came, I was, had um, le left my husband. My kids were, had decided to, to stay with him. I was in a new relationship with someone that I'd met at massage school who wasn't like making, you know, uh, rolling his eyes at what I was doing and think, try, I mean, 
I just didn't have any understanding in my home. I, it, it came to a point where I was, when I come home, I would have a better experience with some stranger in a parking lot having a conversation and I come home and boom, you know, the energy was so not welcoming to who I was becoming. Yeah. So I still feel, I think that my family, they still haven't gotten over it. Like, I'm not sure how they would feel, how my adult sons would feel about this conversation we're having, which gives me a little pause. I think that's been, I know you've been so open and out there. And I really admire that about you, Lina. Like you just say where, who you are and what you're doing. And I feel, you know, there were some moments, I'm not going to go into the details where I could, I realized that my marriage, that I couldn't be myself in my marriage because there was no room for me to grow. Who I am now, now that I've developed the muscles, you know, but I was such a baby beginner. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, uh, I had to decide, you know, which, which way to go. And, and I decided to go for the violet, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really don't think I had a choice in the matter. You know, well, so I, I Carol, totally get that. Yeah. Carol, Carolyn Mace came and she was the keynote speaker. And I'd been asked because my friend was running. The, this is before. Do, do people know who she is? Carolyn, oh, yeah. it's MYSS. And she's. Yes, yes. I had. She's uh, amazing. Here and I've had yeah. wonderful experiences with her teachings. Yes. And so she was a very pivotal for me, partly because, well, I. I um, my friend was the chairperson for a, a conference that was happening on the big Island for the, at that time they were called the nurse healers practice, practice. Well, they were, they were nurses who did practice therapeutic touch. Okay. Yeah. And so they had a big conference, about 400, 500 people came and, and Julie, my friend was looking for a, a keynote speaker and she gave, she said, I can't listen to all these tapes here. Can you listen to this one and tell me what you think? And it was Carolyn Mace, why people don't heal. This is before anybody'd heard of her. Yeah. And so I, I thought, well, I'll put this in and I'll listen to her while I'm doing my housework, you know. And she started talking about woundology and why people don't heal, which was something I was finding in my massage practice at that time that pe I was sort of becoming an enabler. People would go and, you know, pra they would they it would be either body mechanics or emotional situations that they kept on repeating these patterns. And I was almost like the drug that they'd come to and I'd make them better so they could go back to their bad situation. And I, I had a problem with that. And so Carolyn gave me this language to talk about to, yeah, I, I, it was, I just, I thought I was going to clean the house for two hours. I sat there staring at the cassette, rolling around and listened to every word. And it's like, Oh my God. So she came and she talked and here's what she said. I'll never forget it. And maybe this will help people who, um, who have, who are in this place. And it's a lot of times women, but not only women. And it's like, how do you make this all work? And what's happening? Like, how do you, why does it feel like emergency or, or all of your life is kind of falling apart when, when you have these awakening experience? So Carolyn May says to people, you know, to this audience, how, how many of you have asked the question, I wonder what my soul purpose is or what my life purpose is? And, and like every hand goes up. And she says, you realize this is a new thought, number one. It wasn't there for your parents' generation. They weren't sitting around wondering what their sole purpose was. <laughs> number two, it's a prayer, and it gets answered. <laughs> so, so you're kind of, you know, sitting around, vacuuming the house on a Saturday morning, and your angel is sitting there watching CNN board, and you say, I wonder what my purpose is. There's got to be more to life. And your angel says, okay, toots, 
Let's get busy. Here we go. <laughs> you know, this marriage or this part relationship, this isn't your spiritual partner. So yeah. do you want to file for divorce or you, do you want me to arrange for a little adultery? <laughs> you know, this is your angel talking. And this job, this job is not your spiritual job. It was okay up until now. So do you want to quit or do you want me to get you fired? You know, and so one by one, all of these things, which she calls false idols, which is not actually uh, an, an inaccurate term. They're the things that we've been believing in, but now we're, we're moving through a threshold of no return. And those things just don't hold the currency for us anymore. But we are not quite there yet. And so your angel comes in and starts clearing the deck you know, and you go and she says, you're in the backyard lighting incense, praying, saying, where's my guidance? And your angel says, this is your guidance. (laughs) And when she she gave that talk and it was about (coughs) right after I'd actually moved through all that stuff. And it was like, where were you? Why didn't you come and tell me before? But actually it was this validation that nothing had been, I mean, it's very difficult. I was a mother of two sons. They were not babies, but they were, you know, young teenagers. I was kind of removing myself from that family matrix. Um, I still have, there still are ramifications of that. I'm not saying it's the, I'm not saying I did it the most perfect way, but these forces come in and there's really nothing you can do because, I mean, it took me three years to, uh, to move out of my marriage. And I spent a lot of time considering, was I a coward by staying or a coward by leaving? I didn't, it was very difficult and it was starting to take its toll on my physical health. Yeah. Uh, but once I made the decision and I, it was really weird. I, I was in massage school and a, a, one of the women who was there, she said, we've got this apartment for rent. I wonder if you'd be interested in it. And she said, I said, you know, I'm married. She said, I know, but something told me I was supposed to ask you. Yeah. And I went and it was a, it was a, um, an apartment under a house on Ali'i Drive, which is right across the street from the beach. And I walked in and I just knew I was supposed to be there. I'm not sure. It's a blur about how I actually got out. It was really, actually, Larry helped me. My, I mean, it was very interesting. I just got kind of lifted from one place to another. Yeah. Um, and then I never really looked back. And, um, and although I, there are, you know, like I said, there are still issues with my adult children um, who, uh, you know, don't believe in any of the things that I believe. Actually, my younger son has had some really health, big health challenges, and he's found his own way to his own spiritual path. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, we, we're kind of coexisting a little bit more now. Beautiful. But I can see from their point of view, uh, you know, when, when my younger son said to me, it's like you went new, you went new age, you went and became a Jehovah's Witness, you, you know, like we couldn't get what was going on with you. And I yeah. still think they don't. And, and that's, it's hard. Well, you know, let let me take this moment here to kind of insert that it is an internal shift on the outside. We still look the same way. So it's very confusing to people about what's happening inside. Yes, some people will start wearing beads or or, um, hold on a second. Start wearing things that make them look different and spiritual and and tight eyes or whatever it might be, but the shift is happening on the inside. And it's a very profound change that we don't even have a language for it as it's happening to us. We just know things are changing, right? Our brains getting rewired, our bodies getting rewired. Everything is 
is being activated. And even though we trust it, and, and for most people, I'm going to say some people don't know um, to trust it that are going through something like this, because I've, I've worked with people that something like this happened to them. They had a Kundalini experience and had no idea of what was happening and left them somewhat um, psychotic. And you right. know, people, people like this got put into institutions right. all called crazy. In our culture anyway, yeah. Yeah. And in yeah. the other places they understand. They understand yeah. totally. But this shift is happening on the inside. And I I too heard that I I the marriage that I was in at the time with Philip and my children and like you, we had achieved all that success. We had been chasing all of the things we were supposed to be doing half. We had it. I really had no reason to not right. be happy in that life. But once one source, God began to open me up to what was possible. I began to realize that what I was chasing was so limiting. It was confining and defining. And I had to, I had to allow myself to be moved into something uh bigger, grander, that I had no idea it was possible for my life. You know, I'm hearing this, you're going to be a spiritual teacher. I'm like, what the hell is a spiritual teacher? Um, I, I don't like spirituality. I don't even like the church. Um, I couldn't wait to get away from the church when I was right. a little kid. So now I'm yeah. being told that um, this is my path when I'm being given workshops to teach and I'm, I'm receiving all this guidance. But yeah, I, I didn't have a community like you did because I'm experiencing these things. And I was literally in the spiritual closet um, right. until I met this you. Why, you know, I, I lived in the South for a while and I did some, um, I, I got called, I thought I put hung up my, I taught some Carol Mesa stuff for a while and I got asked to do that. And I thought, I really, and I got, I went on a walk and I got told, I said, okay, okay, God, you take care of all the organizing. If people sign up, I'll do it. And they did. And what I found was this was in Greenville, South Carolina, and also Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, and I also went up into North Carolina, which uh, in um, in Greensboro, which is those those university towns and Atlanta's a big city. But there's still it's still Bible Belt. And there are a lot of women in particular, because it seemed to be mostly women, not only but uh, who have had experiences like you and I are talking about, and they really can't share them with their neighbors. Yeah. And, and I realized that my teaching there was not so much about what I had to teach, but for them to find each other and to have a community where they could speak openly about what was going on with them. Yeah, especially you know, here in the Bible Belt. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a lot considered. different in Los Angeles, no big deal. Everybody's got, you know, there's a lot more tolerance, but you know, even crystals or tarot cards or yoga even are considered in some communities. In fact, our conversation, they said, well, it's all demonic, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and I can see why that looks that way to people because it, it disrupts does. the status quo. And Carolyn Maith teaches this, these three energy columns. And the first one is the tribal energy where it's all about following what your, your ancestors have done and keep, it's all about the group. And uh, when you have an experience like we've had, it throws you into the second column, which is about, it's not an easy one, but you're struggling back and forth. You kind of get spit out and the tribe can't follow you. We want them to come along. I wanted my husband to come with me. I wanted my children me to too. come with me. I did not want to go out on my own. And it, like I said, it took three years and eventually I kind of was lifted out. And I think probably my mother told me later she was worried about my health and she thought, even though 
she wanted me to be secure. She felt like, oh, I've got, I've got that daughter taken care of. She's in the perfect situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And here yeah. I was like leaving this nest of security. And she kind of got a message that if she doesn't go, she's going to die. That I would get cancer or something, you know, that I physically couldn't sustain not being myself in my own home, uh, to put it as bluntly as possible. I needed yeah. to be... And, and I had a big fear on a, on a more just sort of ordinary level. I had a terrible fear of being alone. Mm. And I, that was holding me back. And I looked around and I saw all these amazing women and they were all alone. And I just thought, I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be one of them. Well, I wasn't actually. I Another man showed up. I was not looking for a relationship. And we were together for, for 12 years. And it was a great time. I was He was younger than I was. We traveled a lot. He was not. Uh, he, he also did energy work. And, you know, he, he kind of left that life. But the, but now I've been on my own at late in life. And I love it. It's so <laughs> great. I don't know about you. I, I can totally, I can relate. I have, yes. And all that thing that I was afraid of becoming, I've become. And it's, I'm thinking, oh, this is good. I'm enjoying myself because I'm not having to match my energy to anyone else's. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm totally open to another relationship, but it's, it's not going to be a norm, a normal relationship. It would have to be a much more elevated. Well, and that's <laughs> so much. So a custom much. job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, no, go ahead. I just to say that it's um, what I've noticed is by being on my own and living in my own space, it makes it really obvious to me when someone else's energy is, uh, you know, if I'm talking to someone on the phone and all of a sudden I feel like I need to not tell them the full truth, which is not my nature, I'll realize, oh, this person is not disclosing everything to me. I, I kind of feel this kind of reflection in myself. Something's generated. This is, I, I can, I, I'm much more aware of subtle currents because of living in an undisturbed field where I have my own space. So when I do interact with people, I have a little bit more acute awareness. I'm not looking for it. It'll just sort of pop up and I'll go, oh, that's interesting. I want to lie to this person. I never lie. She's probably lying to me right now. <laughs> I can kind of feel that that subtle under, undercurrent, you know. Well, this so. journey opens us up. And by the way, I meet that with compassion. I'm not going, oh, you're you're lying to me. I go, okay, that means she's in need of protecting something. Yeah. You know, I I, I I use this as an opportunity for healing. So it's not a judgment. It's um, just an awareness. It's a power of awareness, Lina. <laughs> yeah. So we're, when we have these, these awakenings, we're realizing that everything is made of energy. And, right. and, and it is a, a field that we're all connected to. So um, we're all part of it that we cannot not be connected to the energy. So we become very sensitized. Um, we're moving out of being desensitized to our feelings or emotions. And all of a sudden you have these, these extraordinary healing opportunities that begin to unblock the, the emotional field. And we begin to shift our mental field. And yes, becoming super sensitive is part of this journey. And when you don't understand that, and all of a sudden you're feeling all this stuff, it can be very disoriented until you realize how helpful it is because it gives us an opportunity to feel each other. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. And there is 
clarity, there, there's an awareness that definitely kicks in. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about your the, the past life regression, because when you and I became friends, when we were accountability buddies, it, it was so fascinating because I did have a spontaneous past life regression talking to you, which was really incredible. And let me share with, with the audience a little bit about that. I had a friend across the street and it was she had been my best friend and we had had a falling out. And as I was talking to Linda, all of a sudden I had this memory of us being friends like in the 1800s and in the 1800s memory that I had. She and she was my sister. I was six years older than she was in the memory. Um, and in real life, I was six years older than she was. And in in real life, I was, I seemed to be like the older sister taking care of my little sister and always felt responsible for yeah, her. In a way, in a way that wasn't adult. appropriate. Yeah. Was adult. <laughs> right. um, and you so couldn't anyhow, stop it. Like you couldn't stop yourself. Right? I couldn't. I was yeah. like, I got to take care of her. I felt this urge to, to protect my, my friend. And of course, you know, she, like a younger sister was like, leave me alone. You know, right. don't tell me what to do. And we were just friends. Um, but anyhow, that past life regression took me to the, a past life when she was my little sister, six years younger and had drowned and yeah. she I'm drowned so in my watch. And yeah. so I was responsible for her and she drowns. And of course, my parents were very upset with me in that, in that past life. And well, that just, was, I want to just add another detail here. You had been left alone together. Yes, we were. Your parents I was, were not there, and you were about ten years old. You were not. I she was four, and I was ten. Yes, and, and so and and a flash flood happened. Yeah. So you were basically on your own with this younger sister, doing everything you could, and she slipped out of your hand because the current was too strong, and you watched her go away and then your parents came and they blamed you which yeah. we we had to do a whole you know kind of therapy on your 10 year old self in the past life to realize that it was really your parents fault that this happened and that it was unfair of them to place that on you as yeah. a 10 year old child the the upshot of it was i mean I, I want to stress to the listeners that I don't generally do a past life regression over the phone. This one happened so spontaneously and I could see what was going on. So I, I kind of managed you through the whole thing. And because you're a very self-aware person, you know, you we move through it pretty easily. But the charge on the whole situation with your neighbor just evaporated, right? You just yes, suddenly could like just be in a normal adult relationship with her. And sometimes I think this is a, a clue that there's a past life issue. If you have a charge with somebody that you can't explain in any sense of what's happened or even phobias where there's, you know, you have a ter you're terrified of horses and you've never ever been thrown by a horse or, or dogs or something. And, you just or you feel strange about certain places like I'm not too keen on all that kind of Mayan stuff I think probably a lot of us got sacrificed or something. Like, I don't want to go to those certain countries where, or or if you really love a certain place you know these are all clues there might be a past life experience there to unearth I don't think we need to go digging for it by the way but I if don't it, either but if it, I, you know, if it if, if something comes up like that, it's um, it's one place to look. It's not necessarily the first place to look. 
Yes, you know, as a as an awareness coach, I, yeah. I'm not a trained uh, hypnotherapist, but I have mm -hmm. done many a past life regressions that are just spontaneous things yeah. that open up, and then then I work with it, and and it's amazing. People yeah. experience these incredible healing. Some some of them, one of them in particular was an injury of somebody who fell off of a horse, mm -hmm. a, you know, in a past life, and in and nobody could understand her back pain. Well, she fell off the horse and landed right. on her back. Yeah. And after that moment, it, it totally transformed her because now she knew what happened and the healing of the back was possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that experience allowed me to see that my need to rescue my friend was something that I brought from a past life, this need to rescue my sister. And, and like to you let go of the guilt around it. Because that was the real reason you you were still trying to save her uh, because you never really released the guilt that was imposed on you by your parents. And you were too young at 10 to have any awareness to argue with that. So it had st stuck with you all those throughout. Yeah. Throughout yes. And then I was able to thank her. Yeah. Um, even though yeah. Our friendship eventually dissolved because once I was no longer taking care of her, there was like no need for me in her life mm -hmm. um, and, and other things that transpired. But it was it was one of those situations where releasing the guilt, releasing that attachment, releasing that energetic contract mm -hmm. allowed for things to really shift. And I've had other past life regressions yeah. that gave me a lot of information. But speak a little bit more to uh, the, not just the past lives that you do, but the life between life. Say right. I do. A lot of people are familiar with past life regression. Not as many know about something called life between lives uh, hypnotherapy, which um, Michael Newton is the is my mentor. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he um, wrote a book called Journey of Souls and okay. another one subsequently called Destiny of Souls. But Journey of Souls, I ran across that. I've been. I had already had my hypnotherapy training. I was setting out um, on. A, I was. A, I traveled around the United States for about three years, so I was on my way just beginning that when I found that journey of souls book and I, I wanted to get training. I just knew that I was meant to do this work. So let me explain what it is. It's, it's, um, it's not unlike past life regression. In fact, a past life regression may be part of a life between life session where we, we go through the past life through the death and then continue on and find out what happens. So it's more akin to what people discover in near-death experiences, only you don't have to have any trauma to the body. And up until about maybe, I'm saying like 30 or 40 years ago, past life therapists were interested in this, and they try to go for through the, the death and see what happened after, and it was always this gray mist, where you could never go past the gray mist. <laughs> it's just, they're just floating in a gray mist. <laughs> well, I think maybe our guides and, and, and our higher selves looked down at planet Earth and said, these people need help. <laughs> they need to <laughs> <laughs> we need to take off that memory thing so they can remember the wisdom that they've earned and gained over the years. So. So um, Michael Newton seems to have been designated as a person to kind of give us a map to that territory. And he started working with people and they spontaneously were going into that space. And he mm -hmm. wrote after, by the time he wrote his book, he'd done a couple thousand of those sessions and kind of there were things that were happening that were similar in every, in people's lives or past or, or life between life sessions. So it began to become a territory that you could explore. 
So when I read this, I knew I really wanted to do that work. And it was a series, another series of coincidences and synchronicities, which always makes me feel like I'm on the right path. And I ended up getting certified in that work. I'd already been doing it for about a year. He gave a talk um, at, at a conference. I flew across the country and to, to, from, from South Carolina to LA to hear him talk for two hours. <laughs> and we had like a cassette recording and I was pushing it backwards and forwards and writing down, you know, I, I knew I could do the work, but I wanted to see what words he used. How does he lead someone through this? I didn't want to yeah. reinvent the wheel. I wanted to benefit from his experience. And he was quite generous in that talk and told us the words that he did. So I kind of, I just started doing it. And I had done about, I'd been working for about a year and I'd done quite a few life between life sessions um, before he did the first certification course in Virginia beach. Yeah. And what in did 2000, people, yeah. 2001, it was about, okay. it was right at like, about 10 days after 9-11, I, I, we weren't even sure if, because I don't know if people remember, if they grounded all the flights for about a week, no yeah. no airplanes. And so I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up there, but we, we were able to. Yeah. And it was a really profound time to do that work. Yeah. Yeah. What, when you take that. Uh, was, so I've been doing this for about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. When you take your clients through that, that process, what are some, some of the, the information that, that they were yeah. gathering? What is some of the healing that is taking place? You know, one of the most in, interesting aspects of it, and uh, a lot of people don't understand this, but we actually look at what you were aware of as a soul in utero. So we look at what was happening in your conscious awareness about three or four days before you were born. So we don't do a rebirthing, but we're checking in, like, why are you choosing to come in? Why did you choose this family? What is it, are you here to learn? And what are the gifts that you're bringing that will affect the people whose lives you touch? This is a really profound place. And a lot of times we get a huge amount of information there, and especially interesting for people who might have come from a troubled background or, you know, I get a fair amount of people, and I know you probably run into people like this too, Lina, where it's, uh, I don't want no, I, I want to get off, I, I, I want to get off the plant, this game. I, I don't know why I came to planet Earth. You're like, yeah. I, I remember home, and I want to go back there. You know? <laughs> and yeah. so there was this one gentleman who came, and he was, even through the, the in utero part, he was saying, I don't want to experience gravity. I don't want those clumsy humans to handle me. Like, I don't know why I'm here. And then he went back to, to visit with his guide. So this is the other thing. And my, when I do this work, we always have a conversation with your guide and, and maybe that's it, but we also can talk to your soul group who are the people who you reincarnate with over and over again, who play a role. It's like this woman who was across the street, she'll show yeah. up again. <laughs> you have obviously, you know, we have our, 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 our um, DNA ancestry and we have our soul ancestry. And sometimes those interconnect and sometimes they don't. So, so there's that. But this man was talking to his guide and he said they were standing, it looked like kind of a well, but when you looked into it, you could see, he could see what was happening all of his lifetimes on earth. It was like a viewing. Yeah. I hard to describe, but you know, when you're in that altered state, things that you couldn't perceive ordinarily, you have this wider awareness. Yeah. And he, he got really quiet. And, and he, the next thing he said really surprised me. He said, I love going to earth. 
like on a soul level, deep in his soul. Like once he made the decision, it was like, oh my God, what have I signed up for? But he kind of, when he really got in that place, deep in his session with his guide, he kind and it really was a healing understanding because he, he didn't have to fight it anymore. He yeah. realized, yes, I did choose this. And that's something that I find yeah. with with my clients, uh, with with the guidance that I receive is that at a soul level, we want to be here yeah. and we want to be here because we know that here, this planet cannot alter the, the eternalness of what we are. But we also come on a mission to elevate the consciousness of the planet, to to elevate the light to we come as bringers of that love and light. And the human part of us has to do the work to catch up and, right. and be able to do that healing, that cleansing, that that allowance of more of our light to expand and, and shine. And it, all that translates to is just more love, more peace, more compassion, more kindness, more creativity, more joy. It's all the good stuff. And you um, find over and over again in these sessions that are the harshest judge of us is ourselves, our guides. I mean, I have to say, like, I look around planet Earth and you go, what is going on here? This couldn't possibly be the divine plan. Things are not going well. And then you go into one of these sessions and the guides are so loving and they are so, I mean, even when myself and the client thinking, what the heck's going on? Why is this happening in this person's life? The guides, and they can be... Um, uh, I, I'm trying to say, find the right word. We don't really have a word for this. Like, you know, people will say, well, my guide's impatient with me or unhappy that I haven't made more progress. And then they'll correct themselves. But but I, I can feel their unconditional love. So yeah. I don't want, I, I, you know, they're, they're, they can be stern, but, but loving. And yes. basically it's a kind of message is like, you know, you can do better than this. Well, and I, the way that I have found and you can, and you can repeat it as long as you want to, but aren't you tired of this dance? Like, <laughs> you know, they'll kind of gently encourage you to do your best with what you have at the level of life development where you, you know, where you are. And, and I have to say this, and this is just my own understanding of things. First of all, there two things I've learned, but we're getting close to time, aren't we? Yeah. So, um, one is is that our notion of time is a little bit uh, skewed. We we experience it as as um, linear, but even quantum mechanics tells us it's much more simultaneous. So our past lives they're all kind of in resonance in some way. It's like it's all kind of happening. And the the thing that I find interesting about that is that if you can heal something now, it's healing things backwards and forwards in time. Um, our guides can be, I mean, our, our past life selves can be a guide to us in our current life. And we can be a guide to, like you were a guide to your 10 year old self in that past life because you are an adult with children. Like you could mentor yourself and you were part of the helping of that 10 year old girl to understand that you, you're a resource to her. And it, it's weird because we're talking about her as a third person, but she's a dimension of your multifaceted soul. And our souls are completely, are so much more complicated than we realize they, they really are. Um, so that's one thing. And I forgot what the other one is. <laughs> <laughs> well, one was time. So you talked about yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, maybe well, we'll come okay. back to you because okay, I was going to. I know what it is. It's really important. Uh, I'm I'm a little a little nitpicky with this word evolution of the soul because in the work that I've done, 
and also my own guidance. We are already, and I know you understand this line, it's part of what we experienced when we have, when I had my Kundalini and you had your near life experience. It's like, we are already whole complete human or complete beings. We're, we're perfect, whole and complete. I think that's, you know, some, some, some catchphrase for some, yeah. some spiritual teaching and our evolution isn't about adding anything to ourselves or even learning anything. It's about getting rid of what we, the false things we've learned to shed the, the, those things that are obstacles to us and our own experience of our, of our true essential selves. So for, I use the word evolution or evolve, but actually it's remembering who you are. And, uh, and, and, um, I know you talk a lot about ego, but the ego from my perspective is this kind of cluster of thoughts, beliefs, and, and uh, illusions that we've gathered through past lives that we believe in is our identity and it isn't, you know, and yeah. that's one of the things I do in the, in the holistic coaching is to help people dissolve the beliefs that aren't helping them. And, you know, if you're going to have, we have, we, we kind of need an ego to move us through this experience but I, I think in terms of a healthy ego, which is experiencing self and other in a compassionate way, it doesn't mean you have to merge completely with everything. You have a sense of who you are, but, um, but in a way, but without all those thoughts, those, those thought constellations that are, are basically wreaking havoc in the world. <laughs> it's all beliefs. They aren't even true. You know? Yes, totally. So, we can release those beliefs and thought forms then it's a whole different experience on this planet and that's for me for me it's a i i'm not gonna quarrel with what we're doing here even it's a mystery to me and i'll not probably never penetrate that mystery about why this experience is is important to the soul but i do think that we have so much unfulfilled potential and that I, I, that's part of what my work here is, is to help people maximize their potential and to release a lot of those illusions that keep them limited, not just for material success, but for spiritual um, evolution, I'll say, but remembering who you really are. That's, that's the whole point. Yes, yeah. it's, it, it is an allowance to live, live from that place. And I forget, you forget, you know, we go back to our ego base every once in a while, but I don't spend most of my time there. You know, <laughs> it's like if you think of a Venn diagram, you know, there's an overlapping, like this is your true self and this is your ego and they overlap. And most of us are living on the ego side and we overlap a little bit into the, the, the higher self side once in a while. But if you migrate your center over here, now you're living out of this. And yes, you slip into ego once in a while, but the majority of your time you're in the, in the higher self yes. consciousness. And totally. that's kind of, the, the, we're never going to be there completely. Maybe we will, but I mean, it's the, the, the goal is to, to move your center to the higher self. And then, yes, your ego's there, but it's just along for the ride instead of driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we definitely have to wrap it up. Um, okay. I'm going to put your website up here so people yes. can see how they can get in touch yeah. with you. Um, yes, thank you. Yes, totally. And this has just been such a pleasure, such a pleasure having this conversation with you. So if you will just share, um, what do you do to stay aligned with that truth? Like you said, you know, you, you merge over to the other side and you live more from your higher yeah. self. What, what is, if you can do it briefly, tell us. Yes. How do you oh, well, I do meditation and, um, and walking is still important to me. Taking a walk, getting, I seem to get lots of little whispers and uh, writing for self-discovery 
and I still practice yoga, kind of the body is not to be left out of the story. And in fact, if people are having a Kundalini emergency that, you know, like actually eating food, even meat, something that will ground you can be really helpful. You don't want to, but you know, that like we've got to find this balance. We are here in a body and the body is a spiritual vehicle. It's not to be, I mean, it, it can be really important. So yes, I sit, I, I sit, I meditate, I do yoga and I walk. Oh, beautiful. And beautiful. Sound, sound can also be really helpful. Toning. Yes. I mean, there's so many different things yeah. that we can do. So with all the different guests that we've had here on the line with Lina, they've heard so many different ways that we right. all align with that. So you know, you'll, yeah. be, you'll feel attracted to the one. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, I'm glad that you're going to come back. And body July. work, I, I, I think body work too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many things. I mean, we could, we could spend four days talking about all the different um, modalities yeah. and things that we can do, but you'll be back on July the 15th. So we'll talk a little right. bit more about, you know, writing stories and telling our life uh, yeah. story in a way that is more impactful. Um, but let me just remind everybody that, that uh, watches this next week on the 10th, June 10th, I've got Claire Pearson. She'll be the person that I'll be interviewing. And Claire is a singer songwriter going through her spiritual awakening. And she's also a business coach. So we're going to have a fun conversation. And she is in my one year mastery class. Um, and she's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, being mom, wife. So it'll be a lot of fun talking to her. And then the week after that, I'll have Sandy Lemieux and Sandy is is an energy healer. And I've known her a long time as well met her when she participated in my power of awareness workshop. She's a fabulous shamanic um, priestess. She has taken me on many shamanic journeys, has worked with my son, uh, one of my sons, and helped him through a lot of healing, especially as he was going through his drug adventure. So I've got some wonderful guests coming up. So I look forward to seeing you guys uh, on Mondays at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And Linda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lina. Love to have you here. You. Yes, yeah. thank you. I'll thank you. you. And you all remember that we are magnificent, as, as Linda said. We're just remembering that and yes. accepting more of what's already whole and complete within us. So have a beautiful day, and I love you all. Bye-bye. Bye, Lina. Bye.